Season 4 of Lycentric Radio is sponsored by Book Taco, an online program for managing independent reading in grades K through 8. Book Taco has a messaging tool for connecting with the readers in your class, but it's really a whole lot more. I'll tell you more about it later on in the episode. Welcome back to Lycentric Radio, the podcast that's a literacy coach in your pocket. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Webb. Here in the United States, it's Teacher Appreciation Week, and I hope your students have reached out to you or will reach out to you sometime this week to tell you how much they appreciate you. My daughter and I were lucky enough to see her teacher last week. We were asked to come by the school and pick up some more distance learning materials that they were providing. And uh, she told us when she was going to be there. And so we made sure to go, of course, at that time so that my daughter could say hi and and just check in real quick from the car, from a safe distance. And uh, it was so wonderful to see her. And my daughter was so excited to bring her um, a dozen yellow roses for her teacher. She picked them out herself. And of course, her teacher was very surprised to get those. Um, But we didn't know when we were going to see her again. And we wanted to make sure that she had something nice to take home and and uh, enjoy considering how much extra work that she's doing right now. And we wanted to make sure that she knew that she was very, very much appreciated. And I know so many of you are like her going above and beyond right now. Things like, you know, getting kids hotspots so they can get internet access and, and, you know, all the phone calls and emails with families just checking in everyone's mental health and emotional well-being, um, you know, and putting some of your own needs aside in order to do that going way beyond the call of duty. I mean, who are we kidding? You always go above and beyond for your students every single day, year after year. And where would we be without you? So I, for one, hope that you know how much I appreciate you um, this week and every week. And uh, this little podcast is one way that I try to convey my gratitude to you and to teachers everywhere. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at creating and combining new ideas, and we're going to use the text, Just In Case You Want to Fly, and it's by Julie Fogliano and illustrated by Christian Robinson. And I really love Christian Robinson. He's a fantastic illustrator, and I was lucky enough to actually see him speak at my daughter's school uh, earlier this school year, back when we were allowed to do such things. And uh, Christian Robinson was... Very engaging. His presentation was highly visual and beautiful. Um, And he was very calm and centered with students. And I really appreciated that. He has a really um, just kind of engaging, lovely demeanor about him. And of course, he's incredibly talented. And when I heard that he was uh, the one who was going to be at daughter's school, I thought, for sure, I have to go see. Uh, And I'm pretty sure I was the only parent there. (laughs) Everyone else, you know, of course, was at work and doing other things. And I thought, I have to stop what I'm doing and I've got to go see this for myself. And he, of course, signed books and was very gracious um, and a lovely person. And he did a wonderful job with the students. I was very impressed. And so, of course, I want to feature Christian Robinson's work. He has a beautiful website, The Art of Fun, and I follow him on Instagram. 
And right now he's doing some really cool videos and stuff just to help kids be a little bit creative and share some of the things that he's doing in his studio. And he's just, he's great to watch how he works. Um, his artwork's beautiful. And if I would, if I could capture it in one word, I would call it joyful. So hopefully you get to see some Christian Robinson's work. He's illustrated Last Stop on Market Street, the Gaston and Antoinette books, School's First Day of School, all sorts of great texts. And just in case you want to fly is one of his more recent ones. And uh, the beautiful thing about this book, besides illustrations, are Julie Fogliano's words. And this, uh, this book is actually a poem. And she got the idea, she's inspired by her daughter, I guess uh, Julie, that, now this is Christian Robinson told this story actually at the presentation he did. And he said that um, Julie was inspired by her daughter when she was packing for a trip and her daughter, um, you know, she was going to be away from her daughter for a while. And she said, well, just in case you want to fly, make sure you take this mommy. And just in case you want to swim, make sure you take that. And just in case you want to shop, make sure you take that. And so she was wanting to add all these kind of sort of silly, unnecessary things to her suitcase. But of course, um, you know, her daughter thought they were important. And it was really just a way that she was showing that she was caring for her and that she was going to miss her. And so she used that little nugget of an idea, that little small moment in her life, and turned it into this beautiful poem. And uh, the beauty of it is that these useless items that adults, you know, don't necessarily think are all that important can really be elevated to importance when they're coming from someone who really cares about us. And uh, if you actually look at her ideas that she has, she kind of juxtaposes them in a new way. And I think it makes a great text to share with kids because I think it's very approachable and it's something that kids think that they can pull off as well. Not only the beautiful language, but also the illustrations. And of course, uh, Julie Fogliano and Christian Robinson make it look very, very easy. Of course, we know that's not the case at all. But we don't necessarily want students to know that. We want to know. Uh, we want them to think they can be successful right out of the gate. So uh, our writing task and our bridge chart today is designed to do that. So just in case you want to fly, as I mentioned, is a poem, and it takes those ordinary items and really elevates them to show their beauty and importance. Um, and just that small little things really can make a very big difference in our lives. And I want to read to you the first few pages from the book so you get a sense of what the poem sounds like. Just in case you want to fly, here's some wind, and here's the sky. Here's a feather, here's up high, and here's a wing from a butterfly. Here's a cherry if you need a snack, and if you get itchy, here's a scratch on the back. So even just with those few words, you get a sense of kind of the funny ideas that she's put in the text. I mean, whoever thinks to give someone a scratch on the back, but if you think about it, actually, that can be a really wonderful thing when someone finally scratches that itch that you can't reach, right? So it's just those small things that make life kind of wonderful. And she's taken them, of course, and put them together in a new and interesting way. And then Christian Robinson's illustrations really kind of make those small things larger than life. And they're very surprising illustrations. There's lots to look and see and find in them. And it really, like I said, just brings the book to life in a wonderful way. It's a very quick read, this text. And that's one of the reasons why I suggest you actually read it in its entirety to your students before you ever stop to use the text dependent questions from the Litcentric Radio lesson. Um, because not only do I want kids to actually 
um, hear the whole piece because it is so brief, but also because um, the author has taken, you know, really painstaking efforts to make this beautiful cadence and rhythm in the text um, beyond the rhymes that she's done. And if you stop too often, you're going to lose the flow that she's worked so hard to create. So I recommend reading it at least once for your students so they can really hear how all of it works together. And then after that, go ahead and revisit it with the text dependent questions. BookTaco has a messaging tool that makes it easy to connect with the readers in your classroom. Send messages to your entire class all at once with just one click. Messages for budding readers can be helpful for all sorts of reasons. You can give clear instructions for assignments, like read such and such a book, write a draft of your book talk video, and ask a peer for feedback. Or send reminders about expectations for student work, like don't forget to check your writing for correct punctuation. Or expectations for behavior, like Recall our conversation about the three ways you can be a responsible digital citizen. You can offer students tips for learning, like good readers pause during reading and ask themselves if they understand. You can even handle classroom management with messages like, I notice that when partners are collaborating during centers, the noise level goes up, which makes it harder for other students to complete their work. Let's be conscious of how loudly we're speaking when working with others. There are so many ways that messages can influence your entire class with just one click. BookTaco also makes it easy to send messages to individual students in your class. You can personalize messages to provide specific feedback to a student with messages like, the last two writing assignments I noticed you tried out compound sentences. Great job. Don't forget to use a comma before the conjunction when writing a compound sentence or offer extra support for a student who needs assistance with a message like, you're so close to your reading goal for the month. What can I do to help you reach it on time? You can encourage students with messages too, like saying, great job on your plot diagram. You clearly identified the climax of the story. Can I share your work with the class? Or how about reaching out and making connections with and among students with a message like, I've noticed you really have a handle on introductory paragraphs. I spoke with so-and-so who wants to improve in this area. Do you mind reaching out to him during centers? He'd like to work with you. There are so many options for helping students from one valuable messaging tool. There's something about putting things in writing that makes them more noticeable, memorable, and meaningful. Log on to booktaco.com and think about how you might use a messaging tool to connect with your readers. That's booktaco.com. So as I mentioned, I think Just In Case You Want To Fly is a book that kids get very excited to revisit over and over again, as well as actually want to write something of their own. I think it's very inspiring to young writers. So I want to use this idea in our bridge chart today and think about a writing task that it could actually facilitate for students. And I'm thinking about a writing task where we make a class book and everyone contributes some stanzas to um, a poem that we do um, all together. And in order to do this, there's a couple of things students are going to need. Uh, first, I actually do want this to be a rhyming poem. A lot of times with uh, younger students, elementary kids, but definitely primary age kids, 
uh, rhyming in a poem can be particularly challenging. The first challenge is actually getting the rhymes correct. And of course, for students who are still developing phonemic awareness, that can be a challenge. But beyond that, for most kids, the rhyming really isn't the most difficult part. It's the cadence that's the difficult part. So actually getting the syllables and uh, the rhythm and the flow with those rhymes to actually sound good so that there's some really nice fluency to the piece. Now, I don't want that to scare you off. Just because your students can't do that independently, uh, right now anyways, doesn't mean that they can't experience a lesson like this and actually have a lot of success with it. And that's a beauty of doing a class book is that students contribute their portion. It's a really small portion. It's not an entire poem. It's just a stanza, a line or two. And even if the rhyme isn't exactly right or the rhythm's off a little bit, you're going to be there to help them kind of massage that a little bit and take a few liberties to kind of make it work out in the end. And then when they go to put all the pieces together in their class book and they illustrate it, the flow will be really nice because you will have overseen that for them. And I think that's a great way to help kids kind of enter into writing this way. Um, and it doesn't mean that young kids can't do it, right? They can do certain parts, and then you're going to um, really provide the support to get them kind of that, to go the extra mile and get the, the finished product the way it should be. And that's perfectly fine to do. So the first thing we have to tackle uh, with this particular project is we need to generate a lot of ideas. And those are what's going to mainly go on our bridge chart. We're going to generate as many favorite and special small things that we can think of. And I'm going to provide students with a few categories to help kind of frame their thinking a little bit. Because I find that actually, um, and actually this is true, and this has been played out and researched in innovation. Uh, when we're brainstorming something, which is a stage in an innovative process, we actually work better with some constraints. We can actually become more creative. If everything is open-ended and wide open, it actually can be a little overwhelming. So if we provide some constraints, and in this case, those constraints are just giving kids some categories to work in, that's enough to kind of frame our thinking and get some ideas rolling. And when I have students brainstorm, I don't want one or two students to kind of take over or the loudest students to be the ones whose only ideas are heard. So I like to do a few different things. Um, in a case like this, since we're trying to generate just a huge sheer number of ideas, I may have students actually start to generate some lists on their own first and give everyone that thinking time that they need. And even if they only come up with two or three ideas on their list, that's fine because when they actually talk with other kids, they're going to generate even more. So I may have them, you know, on a sticky note or a scrap of paper, jot down a few ideas that they can come up with that fit at least into one of those categories. And then I'll either pair them up, or in this case, probably do a group of three, because um, if there is more than two people, that third person really helps kind of keep the conversation going, and even more ideas get shared and bounced off of one another. So students, when they share their list with their partners, if a partner comes up with another idea or it, you know, it spurs an idea inside of them, everyone's allowed to add that to their own lists. So um, this is the whole point, right, of a brainstorm is to get as many ideas out as possible. So once students have had that experience and, and are kind of brimming with ideas, we can come back together and share those and add them to our bridge chart. So the, some of the categories that I think are good ones to help kids uh, kind of frame their thinking and get them uh, to generate those kind of small moment ideas, those special little things we want in our poem. One category could be delicious things to eat. 
Another could be wonderful things to touch or feel. Um, Another is amazing places to go and fun things to do. So those are, again, they're not, you know, too restrictive, but they do help frame the thinking a little bit so that the ideas can start flowing. So that you might, that might be the only thing you do in one sitting with your class, because that's actually a lot of writing and talking and sharing to do. And then from there, you may have students actually do writing that same day, or maybe even the next day, depends on your kids and how much time you have. Uh, But I would share with them next the sentence frames that we're going to use. Now, not everyone's going to get an identical sentence frame, and there's a reason for that. Uh, The two frames I would use, the first one mirrors how the book starts. So just in case you want to blank, here's a blank and here's some blank, something like that. And uh, of course, students can be a little flexible within uh, that frame itself. They can change the and some and, you know, some of those kind of words, depending on what they choose. And the other sentence frame mirrors more of the stanzas in the rest of the book. So instead of just in case you want to fly, it's it's just the stanzas that say, here's some blank and here's some blank and here's a blank and a blank, you know, something like that. And uh, the reason not everyone's going to get the same one is that we don't need, uh, we don't want everyone to have a just in case you want to blank, because if every single page has that, it won't really mirror the book very well. And it almost starts like, or almost sounds like we're starting over every time. And we don't want to sound like that. So, you know, maybe if I had 25 students in the class, maybe I have five students would get that sentence frame. So we can use it more than once. We just don't want it on every page. And then the rest of the students would get the here's a blank and here's a blank uh, sentence frame. So uh, you can actually write those out for students and they just fill them in. You could, you know, post them somewhere and students write them out. Um, however you like to do that, just depends on the age of your students and how comfortable they are. But we want those frames there because we really are trying to rely on certain stanzas um, that are going to be put together in, of course, a full poem. So we can't let kids just go off and go crazy because everything will start to fall apart. So we do have those parameters to work in. And once I share those sentence frames with students, I'm going to show them how I can take ideas directly off the bridge chart, the ideas that they generated, and kind of plug them into these sentence frames, showing them... Um, that at each end of the line or each end of the stanza, those two words need to rhyme. And I'll mirror that in the text. So open it up and show them how the author has done that and how we're going to mirror that. And one way you can help kids do that is to actually take the sentence frame and use a highlighter or a color to underline the sections that need to rhyme and leave the other blanks alone so they can see that They have lots of uh, leeway to plug in what they want as long as the two ends of the stanza actually rhyme. So that can be helpful to kids. They don't get so overwhelmed with that. And once students have put those together, like I said, you can go through and actually massage them a little bit and put them in an order that helps the whole text flow. Because of course, kids are only writing one tiny portion of it, and it's your job as their editor to actually put it together and make it sound good. So if you need to adjust a rhyme here or there, or the you know add a word or two to make sure the syllables and cadence is correct, go ahead and just do that. If the kids will be fine with it, as long as you, you know, let them know ahead of time. And then what I like to do is type 
um, type up what they have on, the, on a different page. Let the students illustrate that. You might want to look at Christian Robinson's artwork for inspiration and do some art lessons with it. I think that would be a beautiful idea. And then uh, once those individual pages are done, you assemble it and read it with kids and it becomes a treasured book in your classroom library. I promise you it will. So I hope that you'll run out and get Just In Case You Want To Fly. I think it's a beautiful book for your classroom. I also think it would make a lovely uh, gift for someone, maybe for their baby shower or a baby's first birthday. I think it's a book that young children would like to be um, like to have it read to them many times over. And the pictures are so much fun to look at and talk about and hunt for different things in, in uh, sight of them. And so hopefully you will check that book out for yourself. Also, make sure you stop off at the LitCentric YouTube channel because I have those videos there for you that are called Welcome to Writing. And uh, I've added several of those there. I will be adding more. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that you had some writing ideas that would inspire your students and get them excited to write because I know how challenging it can be to teach writing, first of all, and how challenging students can be when they refuse to write or they're reluctant writers or they just really don't know, you know how to go about writing. It takes so much work on the teacher's part to get that going every single year in classrooms. And I know what a disadvantage we're in right now when many of us are not in our classrooms in a traditional way and maybe teaching remotely, maybe we're teaching online. There's all sorts of ways that things are looking right now. And so whether you have a situation like that right now, or you're even looking into next year and when things start to kind of get back to, to normal and what we expect them to be in our classrooms, Welcome to Writing is gonna be there for you. And what I would like you to do, I'm gonna ask you to do me a favor. If you could please go to the Centrics YouTube channel and please hit the subscribe button. Now I ask you to do that because we have about 127 subscribers right now and I would love to reach 200 subscribers by this time next week. So I would, I would really very much appreciate it if you would please do that. And if you would tell a friend or two, a teacher friend or two about the channel and have them subscribe, we can hit those numbers very quickly. And I tell you, if we hit 200 subscribers by the end of next week, a week from today, before the next episode drops, I'm going to give all of my Litcentric Insiders a copy of the lesson that goes along with today's text, just in case you want to fly. So what you'll need to do is make sure we hit that 200 number and also make sure that you are subscribed as a Litcentric Insider. And the way you do that is to go to litcentric.com go down about halfway on the homepage, scroll down, you'll see a button there that says become a Litcentric Insider. And that just means that I have your email and I'll send you things every once in a while, including free things like lessons from our podcast. So we've got to hit that 200 number. I want to make sure we hit that goal and I can't do it without you. So I hope that you know how much I appreciate you. I hope that you appreciate the show. I hope we can spread the love to one another during this teacher appreciation week. And of course, always, I hope you have a great day at school.